When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three minutes past three here on ECNZ. You're listening to Running It Straight with myself, Sam Hewitt, and Tony Kemp. And if you're watching on Facebook Live, welcome in as well. Uh, all thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Uh, Kempe is always struggling with technology to kick us off. Kempe, uh, can you turn your mic on as well, please? Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, you I'm fine. You're, you're, you're just excited, mate. I am, kick off tonight. I am so excited. Tomorrow night, um, the NRL season is here. It's upon us, round one this weekend we've been waiting for a long time Kempe we're talking about it for a long time and uh, I, I cannot wait I'm fizzed to the bung probably the most excited I've been for an NRL season in a long time yeah and it's not hard to get you excited so it's true um, mate I'm looking forward to it it's a I'll tell you what it's got so much to to, to I guess stand up to mm. you know what I mean with what happened with Super Rugby and the kickoff last week and how good the rugby was and then the black caps and the way they finished yesterday i'm feeling a little bit like they're under a bit of pressure the nrl this weekend to make sure that they yes i guess turn turn out some games um and some big games this week there are there are a couple i think um that we can look at key matchups especially with what some pundits have done uh and choosing some of these sides though i'm really surprised that a couple of um decent minds too have picked a couple of teams that i can't see making the eight in there but um, yeah, there's a couple of good matchups and and kicking off tomorrow night with Eels and Storm. Yep. I think it's a good, it's a good, always a good one to kick off with. And whether or not you're back against the Storm this year, uh, losing their first game, you you have to have you have to show a little bit of courage. Friday night footy as well for the Warriors. Just the third time in their history that they're going to open their season on a Friday night. First one, '95 against the Broncos. First game they ever played was on a Friday night at well, Mount Smart Stadium. At least they get at least they get something back from the NRL. You know they spent <laughs> three years in Australia, so um, I like I like I like it when they play Friday night football. I think uh, it sort of sets them up quite well for the following week, and they've got a they've got a I think a relatively softer half a dozen rounds like we chose last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, the first game against the Knights on Friday night, but they play them again in round six away. So I would ex- expect that they've targeted both those to pick up four points. Absolutely. So what is the plan between now and four o'clock? We are going to keep going through our season preview. We have gone through uh, the teams from 16th through to 4th from last year and decided where they're going to finish in 2023. So today we're going to finish up 4-3-2-1. We've also got to cover off the Warriors and the Dolphins, the new Dolphins. Um, so we're going to do that between now and 3.30. Then after 3.30, we're going to look at this weekend. We're going to look at the Warriors team that was named yesterday, um, how they stack up against the Knights, what Kempe thinks is going to happen, and then we'll look at some of those other key matchups this weekend too. Uh, would love you to have your say. As always, double eight double three. that's the Temper Bedpost text machine. Uh, give us a text, give us your thoughts, any questions you might have. Um, if you do want to jump on the blower, 0800 150 811. But we'll keep our season preview rolling along, Kempe, and we are right up to fourth position in 2022. That was, of course, the Parramatta Eels. They make the grand final under coach Brad Arthur. Um, but I think 2023, I think the Eels 
more than any other side has had the most disruption to their side. So you look at all the players that have left, um, you look at all the players that are coming in, um, a lot of movements, and the big question mark for me is whether or not that window for the Parramatta Eels might have closed or if not is closing very quickly. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of impetus has been put on the signing of Mitchell Moses and the way that he went around his contracts. I thought um, it was really smart from him and, him and his manager by the looks of it, not ever going anywhere, but making sure he squeezed every living last cent out of the Parramatta Eels to sign him on a long-term contract. Look, They look like they're stable at the back with... with um, um, Cuthbertson, Moses, and of course uh, Dylan Brown there in the number six jersey, but they're struggling with Reed Mahoney. They've got Hodgson coming in from Canberra. Um, he's aged a little bit. I don't know whether or not he can last the season. They don't have really a backup hooker, but the big change in them is their back row. No Nakori, uh, no uh, Ozoa Papali, and of course you've got uh, Sean Lane that's out injured as well, um, and, for, yep. and for a while. So although the halves may look good, they, they look good on the back of those back rows that were running on the edges with Papali, uh, Papali and, and Sean Lane. And I think early on they may struggle a bit. Mm. So Marnie, obviously the, the the real big loss at hooker, he was such a big uh, feature for them last year and the year before. Known to trip up the big names, of course they beat the Panthers twice in the regular season, um, lost to them in the grand final, but they were known to sort of tip up the big names but lose those games that they shouldn't have. That was sort of the mark of their season. Kempe, do you see it improving in 2023? I've been asking you where you think teams finish. Uh, do you see it improving in 2023? And uh, if so, where do, you, where do you have them sitting? Yeah, look, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were in 2023. I think they've got real good ha- um, half speed. You know yep. what I mean? So they're really good. They can they can make breaks on, on you know, the, the change of speed in and around the, both uh, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown. But I just don't think that they've got that edge to, to strike late. Uh, I've got them finishing fifth. I think uh, they're going to be there or thereabouts. But I don't think, they're, for me, they're going to make the four. No, I don't think they challenge the four. I've got them finishing in sixth place. Um, I just don't think you can put that roster up against the others and, and say they're going to compete. Um, Jermaine Hopgood, a good pickup, though, from the Panthers for them. Um, he was the mainstay off the bench for the Panthers, but um, will get a starting role at the Eels, so we'll see how they go. So, yeah, I've got six. I know there's a, big, a lot of Parramatta fans out there. Alvario and Ricardo Ball as well. Um, and I'm sure he'll be. Uh, oh, there's a ton of sh- them. He'll be shouting at the radio. For I'm an old Parramatta fan too, just quietly. Really? Yeah, they're the team that I followed. Were you I was one of kid. those guys that wore that rocked up to the game with like half a Knights jersey, half a Eels jersey, and you <laughs> just, you just took it off? I, on no one was playing. <laughs> no one was playing. But to get me to uh, Australia was a Parramatta. I was a Parramatta fan, you know. So I was the uh, Brett Kenny's Sterling. Eric Groth was my idol. Mm. Um, Mick, you know, Mick Cronin could name the top side for you: Paul Taylor, Steve Aller. Um, yeah. And then you go into the Ford pack. And, and it wasn't until I went over there as a 14 year I watched the Sorensen brothers, Dane and Kurt, flog them around Cronulla Park. And I went, well, geez, if they were that good and they got beaten up by Kiwis, yeah. there's a chance of me playing in this competition. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, nice. was a, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that, that Parramatta, that was a great Parramatta side, went on, went on and won a, a few Winfield Cups. Yeah. yeah, fantastic side. A lot of inspirational players as well. Um, Cowboys uh, finished third in 2022. That's the next team on the list uh, under coach Todd Payton. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, the story of 2022. Uh, a lot of pundits had them as the wooden spooners, perhaps around the sort of bottom three or four teams. They end up finishing in third, perhaps even could have finished high. Um, the rise of of players under Todd Payton and the thing that Todd did very very well and we saw what he did with the Warriors where he got the best out of them in those final eight weeks that he was with them uh, three years ago the thing he did really well I think was he made bold calls that other coaches weren't prepared to make for example limited uh, Tomalolo's minutes you talked a lot about that last season Um, he put guys sort of in different positions he put Ruben Cotter as a prop 
Yeah, and anyone, strike. yeah, and everyone thought Ruben Cotter looking at him was was uh, you know a second rower put him puts him in the front row. Uh, Scott Drinkwater, who was predominantly a five eight, threw him at fullback, and of course um, paired up Chad Townsend with Tommy Dead, and, and that was a, another masterstroke. So um, they've pretty much unchanged. I mean, they've brought in James Tamo, which is a, a decent pickup from the Tigers. They've let go of Tom Gilbert and Hamisho Tabuai Fido. Um, I guess probably the question mark over them, Kempi, is. Was it was it a was it a one off stellar season or can they keep it going in twenty twenty? Well, no, I don't, I don't think it was. I think I think what he's got going for him and and you've hit the nail on the head here with the three players that you mentioned, um, you know, Drinkwater, Cotter, and of course Tomalolo is that he's building something for the future. And three years into it, and I've been a part of a, a team with a really good culture, is that because he's got stability there and he has no changes throughout the year. I mean, yep. like there's none. Nah. He's starting with the same team he finished with last year. He took him through a journey. Um, uh, in and around making sure that they compete. And you, if you remember the games that they won last year, a lot of them were running over the back of teams late. And mm-hmm. even when they were uh, not in the game, they went back and got it in, in late in the game. So I think he builds on that, Todd Payton. I think uh, he deserved the Daily M Coach of the Year. I I think because they're unchanged, the culture's great. And I think they go one better this year. I think actually got them sitting in second. I think I read that the only change to the starting 13 from last season so far it was Cohen Hesse moving into the second row. That's the only change he's really made. So um, I've got them finishing in third um, just because, as I mentioned before, Roosters top. Panthers second, but I think the Cowboys will be there. They're about to be competing again. Um, and yeah, Todd Payton, I've got so much time for Todd Payton. I think he is one of the great coaches in the game and always good with his time. He spoke to us last year as well. Kempe mm. was happy to come on the show. So um, anyone who comes on running it straight instantly gets a tick in our books. Well, I, th- I think too with Todd that he's in a really, um, I guess, a, an area that can build resilience up in North Queensland where the heat is something I remember training in the heat and it if it does one thing, it toughens you up. Mm. It makes you feel a lot better during the season when you're travelling down to the likes of Sydney, um, down to the likes of uh, Melbourne, when you know that that heat isn't a part of it and you get into those painful situations. And I think that's where the resilient comes out. And we saw that last year. So, look, I think Todd is a a coach for the ages. I think he's going to be around for a long time. Possibly can coach... um, at the highest level and move into one of the origin positions. But, look, I think he's building something special up there. And, of course, with no changes, it, yeah, it's, that's, it, they already know what they need. 100%. That's my um, that's my takeaway from the Cowboys 23 is basically no no disruptions and uh, they'll just go from strength to strength. Uh, right, the final two from 2022, the Sharks, who finished in second last year under coach Craig Fitzgibbon. Once again, a little bit of a surprise story, perhaps not as much as the Cowboys, but um, Nico Hines coming over from the Storm was a, was a brilliant pickup for them. He ended up getting the Dally M Award. Um, we saw what he did at the All-Stars game. He's back to his normal best. Unfortunately injured for round one, so will not take part in round one. Once again, though, uh, haven't lost a lot of big-name players from that team, so he's managed to keep them together, Craig's Fitzgibbon. So what do you reckon 2023 holds for the Sharks? Well, a lot like the Cowboys, they're, they're pretty much unchanged, but I don't think they have the depth and the and the resilience if they're losing a play, player like Nico Hines, which who, by all accounts, isn't playing this weekend. So we'll get a look at Cronulla without the, the Nico Hines factor. I think yep. Matt Moylan's ageing um, in that 5'8 position, whether or not he's got the legs and the and the resilience to play out the season. Um, but across the board, I, I think the, the, the determining factor with Cronulla is actually their coach, Craig Fitzgibbon and the way that he drives this team knows what success is, uh, looks like both at Origin and for Australia and of course winning um, f- uh, grand finals with uh, Sydney City so I think he drives the side to 
the same sort of result as they had last year. Mm. I think they play in the finals again. And I think they'll be better for it. That was obviously their problem in 2022. They, they just bottled it in the, when it came to finals time. So, um, you well, know, everyone lost, had picked them. Everyone had picked them to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, and just the way that they got... Well, they got, they got played outplayed, you know, where they should have locked out those finals. They got outplayed in them, and, yeah. and they'll learn a lot from that. Yeah, absolutely. Then the, uh, so where have you got them finishing? In I've got them finishing just beyond Parramatta at sixth. Yeah, I've got them fifth, so we've just switched our, switched our two around there. Um, and then we come to, of course, the number one team in 2022. It's the Penrith Panthers. They finished first, got the minor premiership, and went on to win uh, their back-to-back premierships under Ivan Cleary. Um, they are with a bit of disruption, though. They've lost Viliami Kikau. Api Korosau, uh, we mentioned Jermaine Hopgood, a couple other players that have taken off as well. They've brought in a few, um, but obviously with teams like the Roosters bolstering their stocks, the question's got to be asked, how long can they stay at the top? And that's probably the question for 23. And it's a great question, Sam. You know, like they don't... uh know what defeat looks like. They don't lose that many um, games, especially on the trot. And what we had got the the chance to see was up against St. Helens, what mm. their left edge looked like, especially their hooking um, ranks look like. And for me, that's a real problem for them. Kikau actually dominates that left edge, which allows the free end of the inside of it, which is Luai, and the outside of it, which is Targo. Um, and I just don't think they've got that player to replace him, even though... He, you know, bringing uh, the young guy in, Luke Garner from West Tigers, he's nothing like kick out. The, the major part that they're going to miss is Curacao. Yeah. So Curacao coming on, knowing when to go in the middle and bringing the likes of Fisher, Harris and Leota onto the football, I think that's where St. Helens actually exposed them. Yeah. So they were tackled, ball and all, they couldn't get front foot, which made it really hard for Cleary behind it. And we know if you haven't got your middle going well, then uh, it doesn't matter if you're Nathan Cleary um, behind a, a pack that's getting beaten up. So it's going to be really interesting to see when they, I think they, um, with the World Cup having so many players there, they're a bit underdone. But I think back-to-back losses is going to show what this team's really um, really got. And I'm a little bit worried that the ego part that plays in this team might get out of hand. Yeah, I do agree. And you've got a couple of players that are already looking uh, to other clubs for 2024 and beyond. Um, so there's that factor to play in as well. I think with the... With the, the um, the, the tactic around you, how they used kick out as well, Kempi, was if you're a defending side and the ball's going out to that edge, you've got to be prepared for basically three different scenarios. And that's like an Isaiah Yoda, Nathan Cleary. Are they going to play a short ball to Viliami Kikau who's running at a big head of steam, can go through a hole? Are they going to play it to Otago? They got so much, they had so much quality on one edge that it, you, you just had no idea which one they were going to do and either one was going to be unstoppable anyway. So they've lost a little bit of that unpredictability probably. Well, as, a, as a defender, like, Kick out Ghana. There's no, there's no comparison. No. Like so, if you're defending Ghana, you're quite happy to have someone else on the inside looking after him. Mm. Whereas it's kick out. You're going to help the Sean Johnsons. You're going to help the the Jordans, You know what I mean? Which yeah. leaves the outside open. And why they score so many tries down that Tyler May scores so many tries down that left edge. So, it's a, it's not like for like, and that's a, a massive problem. Look, I've got them sitting in fourth. I think it's a fight. Wow. I think it's fight for fourth, fifth, and sixth. I think either Parramatta or um, the Sharks or uh, Penrith or the Storm could get on the in that fourth. Position, wow! But I see those four big teams drop. fighting out for the fourth. Wow, yeah. Kimby, that's a big call. I've got them uh, finishing in second, so I've got the Roosters one, I've got the Panthers two, and if I had to pick a grand final, I'm still picking the Panthers to be there. However, I think a bumpy start to the season as they try and work themselves out. Um, right, so those are uh, pretty much the 16 teams, minus the Warriors, which we haven't touched on, and of course the new team coming in, the Redcliffe Dolphins. So what we'll do is we'll take a break, uh, we will come back, we will talk Redcliffe, we will talk the Warriors here on Running It Straight, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland largest Pacific wellbeing service provider and a big shout out if you're watching us as well on Facebook Live and YouTube you can flick us a text double eight double three we'll be back in a mo. 
Yeah, welcome back into Running It Straight here on SCNZ across our Facebook Live, YouTube channels, and of course here on air. You can flick us a text, double eight double three if you want to have your say. A couple have come in here, which I'll bring to Kempi very shortly. So going through uh, all 17 teams for this season and working out where they're going to place on the ladder over the last three weeks, we've gone through all of them. But the Warriors and the Dolphins, I want to actually spend a bit of good uh, a good bit of time on the Warriors, Kempi. Uh, so maybe let's just start with the Dolphins and then we'll leave the Warriors just in case we need to go over time. So of course, it's the new team in 20. 2023 uh, under Wayne Bennett, um, a lot, a lot has been made about their recruitment. Um, not as strong as many people predicted. Not as strong as I imagine the NRL would have liked Kempe, given they want a side to be competitive from the outset. Um, we're not going to do the usual gains and losses because they haven't lost anyone. Um, what are you expecting for the Dolphins in Twitter? What should the expectation be, and what do you think is going to actually happen? Well, I think the expectation should be that they start with a wooden spoon. It's it, it's whether or not they get it. I think they'll fight it out at the back end of the year because there will be a team that's disappointed. Everyone's picking St George to be that team because of the dramas they're having off the field. But although their their team looks solid on a sheet of of one to seventeen, they just don't have the depth underneath it. And we'll, as we know, they're going to go through. Uh, Double-figure injuries, so they'll you know they've got experience in there with the Bromwich boys, Kafusi, um, you know, Sean O'Sullivan's played at a winning side, a Premiership side with Penrith last year as a backup halfback to Nathan Cleary. So they've got enough experience, but it's when the chips are down and those players aren't actually playing whether or not they can compete with the teams mm. um, in and around the competition that have the depth and the structures to to actually call on players that know what it means to uh, go out there and play NRL. So I'm picking them to, to win a couple of games, but I'm not picking them to, to, to set the competition on fire this year. I think they do end up with a wooden spoon. I can't see them getting through the injury crisis as they um, as they will need to during the year. And, of course, the, the other reason with that is they've got ageing legs in their side and those players too. Once it's a, it's a funny thing, Sammy. When you're getting on and you're starting to age and you're starting to lose, then injuries you start to feel a bit lot more yep. and uh, you're probably going to sit out more games Not than, as you, motivated. than you normally would be. So yeah. uh, I think he'll do it tough this year, Wayne Bennett. But they're building. Um, depth is a real injury uh uh, issue and of course it will it will kick in later uh, later on as the year goes on. So the question probably Kempi is for um, Titans fans who know what a you know a new team to the competition is all about back in two thousand and seven. But Gold Coast not you know typically what you would call a rugby league hotspot, whereas Redcliffe is very much one of the hotspots of rugby league in that area and arguably in Australia. So what is your expectation for how long it's going to take them to get? You know, once their development programs kick in, they start bringing guys through, start attracting bigger names to the club. Your prediction on how long we should be expecting before they are a side that will challenge the top eight and start, you know, making top fours, etc. Uh, three to five years, 100%. I think in three years' time, they should be challenging for the eight. In five years' time, they'll be fighting out for the top four. So it's not it's not that the Titans, it's that they're in a catchment area, Brisbane uh, Broncos and the Titans in a in a journey that takes less than an hour. Yeah. So, you know, you're right, they've got the Q, Q Cup up there. They've just got to get the structures right and the, and the want to sign marquee players, which they haven't really signed. There isn't a Kalen Ponga, there isn't a Tedesco, there isn't a Manu. Um, that's probably where Wayne Bennett's missed out. He's had yep. a crack at a few of them, mm-hmm. but he hasn't been able to sign them. You sign a marquee player, you'll get more players following, and I think that comes in year two, year three. Totally, and you only have to look at the Bulldogs to see what that does, uh, the wave of momentum that you pick up from that. Okay, so you've got them finishing in 17th. Uh, I've got them finishing in 15th. I think them, the Titans and the, and the Dragons are all 
fighting for those bottom three slots and you can interchange either way you like but I think that's who's down the bottom there um, right brings us to the final team and it's the one we've been waiting for it is the one New Zealand Warriors um, first game this weekend on Friday night which we will get to shortly but let's just have a quick look back at 2022 um, of course last season under both Nathan Brown and Stacey Jones who took over halfway through the season very disappointing finish they end in 15th equal worst position on the ladder for them um, they lose a bunch of guys arguably guys that they would want to lose given uh, the history of them um, but they've gone into rebuild mode so they've brought in a new coach Andrew Webb so they've brought in a whole bunch of new signings so see, uh, uh, say goodbye to a whole bunch of old players um, and there is a, a sort of genuine excitement around the club Kempi that they've turned a bit of a corner after COVID they're back home and things might be on the up but we probably need to temper that with it's not an immediate fix. It's this. It's not a premiership winning side in year one with Andrew Webster. Uh, and yeah, again, you, you, you're spot on. I think they're rebuilding. I think Andrew Webster's uh, got that in mind. He's inherited some players that he's, you know, working with, and he's looking to strengthen the side. I think he's done really well bringing in the players that he has. They got Tamari Martin, Chancellor Clockstead, uh, Nakori. You've got Dylan Walker coming off the bench. You know, you got Young Metcalf was really impressed with last week when we went down and did all those interviews at their their launch. Um, and to boot with that is still, you know, your ageing halfback and Sean Johnson and, of course, Wade Egan at hooker. That isn't a marquee hooker. And I think you can't really take a serious push to the Warriors unless they sort those two two, two areas out. Half, halves and hookers is where they're going to be, I guess, finding um, a sweet spot this year. They've got a really tough run um, as far as playing top four sides outside, the, like the Bulldogs and the and the Knights, who in the first 12 rounds they play twice each. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they've got like the Roosters, they've got Melbourne, they've got Penrith, they've got Cronulla. Uh, they've got teams that should be sitting in the top four and they're going to be hard games to beat. So the first 12 rounds are going to be really um, crucial for the Warriors mm-hmm. and especially uh, Webby to see whether or not you know, he's got a side that can actually compete at the eight. But it is going to be another tough season, I think, so um, to get points. two quick questions before we get to news and sport. We'll continue the conversation on the Warriors. Um, two quick questions for you. Firstly, uh, probably the big question mark is the defence last year, one of the worst defensive, uh, well, the worst defensive record in the competition. Averaged 29.1 points a game against that's what they gave up um, they gave up nine points per game more than the worst defensive tie, uh, side in the top eight so that clearly shows you the gulf between them and who they're trying to chase um, and I think for a lot of fans um, they see Justin Morgan who was the defensive coach still there and ask questions as to whether or not anything's going to change what has to change defensively systematically and strategically what were they doing wrong last year and how are they going to fix it for 2023 well, well personnel is the first thing, you know what I mean? So you've got a structure across the board of 12 and a line and a, and a decent fullback call on the shot. So I think personnel, if you have a look at the captains, you've got Tamari Martin on one edge, uh, you've got Nakori on another edge, you've got uh, Chance Nickel Clodstick at the back, and then you've got Mitchie Barnett and Tohu Harris sitting in the middle. So personnel-wise, it actually look, looks like it's strengthened, which brings a different attitude. And if mm-hmm. you look at the first... Half against Melbourne, they never let any points, and even yep. though it wasn't the best half of football to watch, so I'm expecting that that points tally to come down from 29. It's got to get down under the under 20 yep. um, per game if they had to be any chance. But the other thing too that we've got to um, be conscious of is that is they've got to be able not only defend, but they've got to be able to score points. And if, we, if, if they can score points and put pressure on other teams, it's going to be a hell of a lot uh, easier to defend against. The next question, just before we do get to new sport and weather, uh, the positions that we're most weakest in, you mentioned hooker and halfback. Um, where else do you sort of look at the Warriors and say, you know, we're a little bit light there or that's potentially where we might have some problems? I think p- picking um, Barnett in at, th- at the middle, I think is a, is a, 
I guess, a, a show of, of your hand, really, because he should really be playing on edge. He played left edge for Newcastle um, a majority a majority of the time. So, look, you wouldn't ha- you'd hate to think that Nakori had to move into the the middle of the pack. I think I think we're still maybe one, maybe two middle players short there. Yep. Going to Tom Ali needs to step up. I know he ran for t- over two hundred meters in that first trial against West Tigers. Bunty Ofoa needs to step up, but behind those two. You know, you, we need the, some of the younger blokes to, to to play a part, and I'm still expecting the Warriors to name a, a middle player um, during the probably the first few rounds it's, of the comp. It's definitely been teased, so we are still waiting that announcement if it does come through. Um, right, just before we get to new sport and weather, uh, your prediction for where they're going to finish in 2023? Oh, look, I think I'll, they'll be battling out the eight with uh, the likes of the Bulldogs and the Bronx. So I've got them sitting in uh, ninth at yeah, the moment. Me too. I've got them in ninth. Uh, Bulldogs in eighth, then Seagulls tenth, Broncos eleventh. I think those four teams can all be fighting for that last eight position. Um, right, when we come back from new sport and weather, we'll have a look at the Warriors team list for their first game on Friday against the Newcastle Knights. Do a little bit of analysis on that, um, as well as uh, how the uh, side is tracking ahead of Wellington, um, and then we will also cover off some of the other bigger games uh, heading up towards 4 o'clock. You're listening to Running It Straight here on SENZ, thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. We'll be, uh, we will be back after new sport and weather. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. Making SENZ news this hour, national leader Christopher Luxon says ousted health boss Rob Campbell should also be removed from his role as chair of the Environmental Protection Authority. Destiny Church leader Brian Tamaki appears to have linked Cyclone Gabrielle's impact here with Kiwi's consumption of porn. In a sermon, he appeared to single out Gisborne and Hastings residents for their alleged use of Pornhub, calling the flooding a result of depravity. And staff at the University of Auckland say it's disappointing to begin a new academic year with staff taking further strike action with a 23-hour action underway over work and pay conditions. SENZradio.nz Sport is coming up. Download the SENZ app today and listen live or catch up on anything you missed from your favourite show. Hayden Patton will become the first Kiwi to contest a full European Rally Championship season when it gets underway this month. Patton and co-driver John Kennard will team up in a Hyundai i20N Rally 2 car and start their 18th season of competition together in Portugal on March 11th. They'll contest seven of the eight ERC rounds visiting Portugal, Poland, Latvia, Sweden, Italy, the Czech Republic and Hungary. Warburgers is coming soon. Auckland Burgers, Warburg style. Opening March 1st. Waterforce, your local water management partner. Isolated afternoon and evening showers for Auckland, mostly in the east. Light winds and afternoon sea breezes. Catch live commentary from the Warriors Knights NRL season kickoff Friday night on SENZ. Running it straight here, 25 minutes away from 4pm on SENZ, across Facebook Live, YouTube and of course on air here on the airwaves. Lots of texts coming in here which we'll get to shortly. Um, but we are... Coming up to round one of the 2023 season, very exciting time of year, and uh, we're going to look at the Warriors v Knights game, the first game for the Warriors on Friday night in Wellington, 8pm kickoff. You can catch live coverage here on ECNZ, build up from 7 o'clock. Myself and Dave Lomax. 
former Newcastle Knight, Kempe, is going to be in the booth as Good well man. from Friday. So that's going to be exciting. And the team list that came out yesterday, first team list Tuesday of the year. Uh, not too many surprises, but I'll read it out for you. Charles Nicol Clockstead starting in the number one jersey. Uh, Dallin Martinez, Lesniak, Marcelo Montoya on the wings. Braden uh, Villiami and Adam Pompey in the centres. To Mighty Martin, Sean Johnson in the halves. Then we've got Adam Fenor Blake, Wade Egan, Mitchell Barnett in the front row. Jackson Ford, Marata Niakore, and Tohu Harris are the back rowers. On the interchange, you've got Dylan Walker, Bunty Afoa, Josh Curran, and Tom Ale. I would say a relatively predictable side, Kempi. The only one that has surprised people is Adam Pompey in the centres over Viliami Vailia, who was probably one of the standouts for the Warriors in 2022, certainly the best rookie. Um, and Andrew Webster deciding to go with Pompey over Vailia in the centres. Yeah, well, on all accounts, Adam Pompey, uh, Pompey would sort of had a bit of a struggle last year when he came back. He's a little bit overweight and uh, therefore didn't get a start, which gave Valia a, a, a look in that door. I think the same thing, he sort of set a precedent. The uh, the scientists and said, look, if you're not pulling your weight, then you're not in the side. So the, if I'm looking at it from a, a coach's perspective, uh, Valia's the one who actually needs to, I, I guess, do a little bit extra, um, whether that's with his attitude, whether it's training or something like that, to, to go and get that jersey back off uh, Pompey. So... Mm. There's something going on there because Villia should be in the side, but yep. uh, obviously the coaches know a lot of, look, little bit more than us. But you're dead right. I'd, I would have had him in there, but there's something not right. Yeah, and uh, the edges we've talked about have, are a big uh, concern defensively. So we'll see how Adam Pompey deals with the challenge. Another interesting point, of course, is uh, Freddie Lussick, who was on the interchange much of the end of last season, coming on when uh, Egan would t- take a spell at sort of that 50, 60 minute marker. Uh, he's actually on the extended interchange. So would you expect Dylan Walker to, to take? the reins off Egan or, or do you think Webster's hoping Egan's going to play 80 minutes? Yeah look I think I think Egan plays 80 minutes he's got no problem playing 80 minutes but you know Dylan Walker he, he can cover that position if he needs to so he's got that um, 14 you know he's one of the best 14s that we've got running around in the competition he's definitely looking for a bit of size going through the middle of the park and some some uh, some I guess some consistency when he needs to make those changes. But when you look at the side on paper, uh, across the board, it looks very solid. And the number 11, uh, well, in the number 11 jersey uh, in the back row, Jackson Ford. And we've had a couple of texts in here. Chris has said, excited about Jackson Ford, the new second role for the Warriors. And then Matt has said, gents, I've only just joined in. Sorry if it's been covered. But what are your thoughts on Jackson Ford? Looks an exciting prospect. What kind of role can we expect him to play? Uh, Cheers, Matt and Blenheim. Hashtag, it's our year. Um, Jackson Ford, Kempe. <laughs> Look, I think Jackson Ford, his uh, trial was outstanding in, in that left edge. Um, again, they've been through a number of left edge players. He just needs to knuckle down, make it make it his own. Uh, and just like Nakori on that right edge, one of the areas where we have really struggled over the last few years is actually having that, uh, I guess, that punch through those edge players. Yep. And if you look at, I'll give you, a, give you an example, Manly, for instance. So Manly have come out, they've picked two big left and right edge players. And in that last trial that they played were absolutely outstanding. So Jackson Ford, um, decent player, just has to make it his own. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look, take a look at the Knights team that was named uh, yesterday afternoon. Lachlan Miller, uh, the pickup from the Sharks for them, starting in the fullback jersey because, of course, Caelan Ponga is partnering Jackson Hastings in the halves. It's a pretty good spine. Uh, Bradman Best and Inare Tuala in the centres, then Heimel Hunt, Dominic Young on the wings. Uh, the front rowers, you've got Daniel Saifidi, uh, Jacob Saifidi and Jaden Braley. Then Tyson Frizzell, Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Kurt Mann round out the pack. It's... A pretty strong Knights team. Kempe, where do you think the Warriors are going to look to target that? 
Well, look, I, th- I think it's it's a pretty even, if you look across them as a um, player versus player, across the board it's even. Uh, I think they've got a very good forward pack. It's it's robust, it's big. You know, Tyson Farrell's played at the top. Lachlan Fitzgibbon out here on the left edge goes well. And Kurt Mann does a lot of a lot of work. Whether Jaden Braley hits those heights where they sign him from Cronulla, uh, that's probably where they could get the Warriors if they um, target that middle of the park. But the the most interesting part about this one is there's no Dane Gagai in the centres. I think their, their back line's pretty solid. And Caelan Ponger at six has been tried in 2019. It didn't work. Mm. And whether it works against the Warriors, like... Yeah. That, that, and I'm, I'm sitting on the fence yeah, with that one. Well, and if it works just in general. But I think uh, pairing him up with Jackson Hastings, that, that is their big question mark. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago as to whether or not Jackson Hastings is the key to unlocking Caelan Ponga in that number six jersey, TBC. Um, what's your prediction then for Friday night? Can be kick off at 8 o'clock in Wellington, which is uh, which is a great place to have some rugby league back. I know the people of that region are keen to head out and uh, and see the boys uh, run out onto Sky Stadium. So what are you picking uh, as a result? Yeah, look, I think I think they've bought into um, Andrew Webster's uh, strategy. I think they go out there, they've targeted this game, they get the win and uh, look forward to the to returning the favour when they travel back there in round six. So uh, I'm expecting the Warriors to win. Margin? I think it'll be tight. Yep. I actually think it will be tight down in Wellington. A couple of points. Yeah. I'm sort of in the same camp. I definitely think the Warriors uh, will get it. And probably just on the fact that it is back at home, I think there's going to be a little bit more emotion for the Warriors given they're playing in Wellington for the first time in ages. Um, and I think the Knights are still dealing with a lot of combinations. But they're very evenly matched. So um, like you, I think it is going to be nice and close. Um, what we'll do, we'll take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll just cast our eye over some of the other bigger games over the weekend to round out round one. And then to finish up before four o'clock, I'm going to get Kempe to read out his full letter for 2023 as well as uh, his predictions for the Daly M Coach of the Year and the Breakout Player of the Year. Stay with us. It is 20 minutes away from four. Op Taxis, 09 300 3000. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. One of the stars of Drive to Survive. Will Buxton joins the show again. Love a little bit of cricket. Not loving losing by one run, but we won't go into Oh, I was just going to bring that up, mate. We're, we're nah, all flying really here should. this morning. What do you... We don't have to bring it <laughs> What do you feel fine. about that, mate? To, you disappointed? No, we don't have to do that. No, it's all right. I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Izzy and Kempe, weekdays from 6 on SENZ. SENZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Call anytime. 0800 150 811. South Seas Healthcare, providing excellent health and well-being for Pacific people and all communities. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Welcome back into Running It Straight. We are 15 minutes away from 4 o'clock and thanks for everyone who's been asking messages on the Facebook and YouTube lives at the moment. Uh, Kempe couple here, one that's coming from Travis Clark uh, on YouTube says, uh, hey Kempe, how do you see the centres shaping up for 2023? So I'll put that to you as who do you think is the ideal centre pairing? Oh, Valia. I think Valia needs to be in the side, um, especially the way that he ended it last year. And it's a it's a fight out, really. You know, you, I look Jesse Arthur's. I thought they might have kept last year, but they've obviously moved away from that. Mm. Willie Army, I think's trialed okay. You know what I mean? So I bigger think body too, as well. Yeah, um, I, Willie I, Army. I just. You know, you're looking at, I think, with Montoya and, and uh, Watene Zelezniak on there, you've got some senior players that can control the younger blokes on the inside. Mm. And whether or not you've got um, 
Jackson Ford and, and Nuakore, if they do hit some form, then you want some big bodies in the centre. So I, I would go for uh, Valia and uh, Viliami. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Jacko and JC as well. Uh, JC uh, says, uh, says, hey, Kempi, what is the biggest difference you see in the team in terms of pre-season preparation from last year to this year? Well, I, look, I, can, I just go back to the old adage that a fit team is a, a team that can compete over longer periods of time. And what I do see is a fit team. The competition's got quicker. Um, the rule changes have made it that way with this ten, this new 10-metre rule that comes in and players need to play longer periods of time. So I think the way that um, Webby's taken it is the players need to be leaner and able to handle uh, longer periods of time, hence why they haven't got a hooker on the bench. Uh, we're going to see whether or not that plays out and pans out for them. All right, other games on round one as it kicks off this weekend and kicks off tomorrow, actually, Thursday night football back at 10 o'clock. I uh, always love parking up a, a late night on a Thursday, Kempe. Eels versus Storm to kick off the season. The Storm are favourites at the moment, $1.76. Uh, these are two teams that have been very disrupted by changes and injuries, of course, for the Storm. There is no Ryan Pappenhausen. He's out. Um, but both sides still, I guess, strong on paper. I mean, the halves, the halves matchup is, is mouth-watering, uh, but certainly the Ford packs look very different for both teams. So uh, what are you sort of thinking is going to happen tomorrow well, you, night? You've got to be a courageous man to back against a Storm and never lose their first game, but I think the Eels and the way that they play out West Sydney um, are going to be tough to beat. I'd, look, I think I think the money for the Eels is overs. I think so too. I think it should be a lot tighter. Um, and what do you make of um, the back lines as well? So for the Storm, like I mentioned, there's no uh, Pappenhausen, but it's a pretty inexperienced team when you look at, at the likes of Meany at fullback, Will Warbrick, Remus Smith and Young uh, Tonomopia. It's uh, you know it's certainly not the Storm back line we're used to. No, Munster Hughes, whether or not they can go to the edges and, and have the have the fun there. Will, Will Warbrick coming from sevens into playing his first NRL game for two, for two points. Mm. Mate, massive night for him. But, yeah. you know, Cuthbertson, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses nullifies that. And I think they just got Will, Will Pinnacini, uh, Walker Blake and Bailey um, Simonson. Grand final. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. So you think Eels, do you reckon? Oh, look, I think the Eels are paying overs and, and played in West Sydney. I... I'm I'm going to be courageous enough and say that the Eels get him. Good man. Uh, Warriors Knights. We've already talked about tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Friday night at eight pm. The the late game on Friday is Panthers Broncos. Did Panthers get a W first game up, or you think the Broncos have a chance? Pretty hard to beat Panthers down underneath the Blue Mountains. I think the Broncos good look good look at them. Um, you know they've got a young side. You've got Marty Tapel coming off the bench. Uh, pretty much unchanged. Cobo at fullback is going to be interesting. The the, the 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 big one is him calling Jerome Luai a, a grub. So <laughs> it's fireworks from the from the kickoff. You know that Penrith like to step up to people that try and bully them. Um, I think it'll be too hard to beat the Panthers. Some great games on the Saturday. 5pm kickoff is the Seagulls-Bulldogs. And I really like this one because I think you've got a Seagulls team that has Tommy Turbo in the side, fully fit, ready to go. You've got um, Daly Cherry Evans. They've had some a little bit of change. But then the Bulldogs, which is the team everyone's interested to see in 2023 with uh, with uh, Reed Marnie, Viliami Kikau, etc. Um, it's hard to pick for me this one, Kempi. I think mm. it is, but is I think it? I think I think a turbo, a manly with turbo in it, I think has an edge. I, and I agree. I think what you're looking at is you're looking at potential top four side in the Seagulls and the Bulldogs a potential top eight team. So it's going to be a, a, a cracker of a game. I'm picking this game as probably the game of the round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Turbo being, I think Turbo's in the top three players in the yep. world. Yep. So him, him playing for Manly, uh, they go to a different level. Yeah, game changer. Uh, Cowboys Raiders on Saturday at 7.30. You think Cowboys probably win that one? Yeah, hands Off down. I, don't, I just don't like uh, that they got Chris at back at fullback. I think he's, he's sort of uh, missed, the, missed the boat here, sending uh, uh, Clockstead over here to the Warriors and losing Xavier Savage. It's a big, 
it's a big change, and I don't think the Raiders are, are ready for the Cowboys just yet. Game of the round for me is Saturday 9.35, Kempi Sharks, Rabbitohs, Sharks without Nico Hines, which disappointing because that would have been a, a mouth-watering contest seeing uh, those two teams go up head-to-head. I have the Rabbitohs having a very good season this year. They've had hardly any disruptions to their side. Um, they were firing towards the end of last year with Latrell Mitchell back in the team. Uh, so this one's going to be a cracker, although I think you've got to go with the Rabbitohs with no Nico Hines. 100%. I had, I had the Sharks winning this one at, at Shark Park, but uh, no Nico Hines. I don't think they can stay with the likes of Walker, um, Latrell Mitchell and Ilias, who I'm picking as my standout star of the year mm-hmm. um, as a young up-and-comer. And, of course, Damien Cook out of, out of dummy half. They are slick the Rabbitohs. I know a lot of good blokes in Aussie have picked them to win the, win the competition. Uh, I, I just think they have got the game under their belt already. Yep. Uh, uh, Latrell Mitchell and and walks and, and they're just they're going to hit the ground running. I think they'll be too good for the Sharks. Sunday football, and I think it could be a bit of a bloodbath at the 6.05. The Roosters go up against the Dolphins. I've got the Roosters finishing top. You've got the Dolphins finishing 17th, Kempi. So this one could be a bit of a cricket score for the Roosters. They're pretty much fully fit, ready to go. Yeah, and they'll be paying nothing 13 plus, so make it 21 plus. And then the last game on a Sunday night, which isn't the most mouth-watering, but it's certainly going to be close. Uh, West Tigers versus the Titans. Uh, the West Tigers, of course, have got their after signings, Api Coruscant, uh into the side and the Titans, well, uh, they've, they've shifted pieces around too and I noticed that um, young Campbell is, is not in the side so you've got uh, Brimson at fullback and that brings Tana Boyd and uh, Kieran Foran into the halves. So just a quick prediction on Tigers-Titans Sunday. Well, you know, this is, this is it for the Tigers. You know, these people have got them down the bottom there with the Titans and the Dolphins and not. Look, I just think that the Tigers underneath Tim Sheen's and Benji Marshall and, of course, Robbie Farah is their time to shine. I just I can't see that. I know the Titans have been there or thereabouts at the top eight, but on the last trial that the, the Tigers played, I think they'll be too good for the Titans. There you go. That is our, that's our round one uh, preview and predictions. We'll take one more short break. When we come back, I'm going to get Kempi to run through his 2023 NRL ladder, his prediction, as well as his, uh, his Daly M Coach of the Year and Breakout Player of the Year. Stay with us. Like Emma Twig and Zoe Sadowski Sinnott, I catch up with athletes past and present, along with those doing great work off the field. It's open, honest and good fun with some amazing women. Join us for a great yarn on Trailblazers, Sundays at 10am and on demand on the SENZ app. South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Rugby, cricket, racing and everything in between. Smithy truly is our doyen of sport. Weekdays from 9 on SENZ. South Seas Healthcare, providing excellent health and well-being for Pacific people and all communities. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Yep, Running It Straight uh, thanks to South Seas South Seas Healthcare. And as we build up towards 4 o'clock, I just want Kempi to run through your, your letter. We've been going through it over the last three or four weeks. Can you just read me it from bottom up, please? Bottom up, Dolphins, Dragons, Knights are fighting it out. Tigers, Titans, Seagulls, Can you Raiders. just give us the number as well because I'm going to lose track of that. I get 17? Yep. Dolphins. Yep. I think, I think, well, put it this way, I think the bottom eight and top eight are, are interchangeable. But I've gone Dolphins, Dragons 16, Knights and Tigers 14, 15, Titans, Seagulls, Raiders, Bulldogs. I'm going to probably put the Seagulls down there because I don't think Turbo plays a year out mm-hmm. as the as the bottom eight and the, and ninth, the Warriors. And then the top eight, I've gone Broncos, Storm, Sharks, Barra, Penrith, South, North Queensland, Sydney City. Nice. I've gone Dragons to get the wooden spoon. 
Titans, Dolphins, Knights, 16, 15, 14. Then Tigers, Raiders, Broncos, Seagulls, Warriors make up that middle section. And then top eight, Bulldogs, Storm, Eels, Sharks, Rabbits, Cowboys, Panthers, Roosters. Uh, Kempi, I want your Dally M, Coach of the Year and Breakout Player of the Year. you got 40 seconds. Well, I think that Sydney City win it. So Robinson gets a Coach of the Year. Brandon Smith gets a Daily M. Uh, I think uh, Breakout Players, there's two of them. I think early, uh, Lachlan Ilias for South Sydney, the young halfback, has a big year. But here's a name for you. Mm-hmm. All right. And keep an eye out. If Pepinhausen doesn't play, this kid's going to get a go. His name's Sulu V. Falago. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, we've had a couple of file orgles play for New Zealand, right? Um, as a resident, and a, and Dave, of course, for from South Sydney. Mm-hmm. This kid can play. He'll play fullback. Wow, and he's okay. a standout. There you go from Melbourne, right? I'm going coach of the year, Trent Robinson. If the Roosters do win the comp, and I think it is going to be, if it's a healthy Tommy Turbo or a discipline free Latrell Mitchell, they might pick up the Dally M. That's us running it straight. The season is underway. We'll have all of the wrap of the first round next Wednesday. <laughs>